0: Amen. Come on, y'all. Can we take that praise and can we give it to our God on this morning? Come on, can we thank God? Amen. Amen. Truly, our God is great and greatly to be praised. Listen, I'm so glad to be back hanging out here at North Central with all of y'all. Amen. Amen. Listen, uh, at this point when I come, I feel like I'm at home. Uh, y'all don't know it yet. If this is your first time, maybe this is your first year being here. Uh, if y'all don't know me yet, uh, I'm Pastor Seth. I'm y'all's cousin from down south. So I'm y'all's cousin from down south. Um, I'm from the south and then I pastor a church in South Minneapolis. So I'm your cousin from down south. Uh, so I'm, I'm glad to get to hang out with you guys and share uh, the sweetest thing I know, which is the gospel of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Listen, I didn't come empty-handed. I brought my own amens, just in case y'all don't like the sermon. So I I brought my beautiful wife, uh, Hannah. She's back there with our three children, Zoe, Simone, and William Seth Martin Jr. Can y'all praise God for them? Amen. Hi, princess. Hi, Booba. Hey, y'all. Amen. All right, listen, uh, Pastor, I'm I'm glad to be here, and I'm so grateful for Pastor Joshua. Y'all, can we thank God for Pastor Joshua, man? My friend, my brother, uh, when God sent me up here, um, I'm so glad he didn't let me be here by myself, but he sent me a friend uh, to be here, and then also I uh, want to thank God for Pastor Colin, who I see there, and then I got a chance to meet Jeff as well. Can we thank God for those two as well? And then shout out to Lindsay, who just always deals with me um, and my tardiness in getting me here, uh, but also, thank, can we thank God for the word that she gave for the, amen, amen. I'm so grateful to be in a space where people are sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Amen? All right, listen. All right, y'all get your Bibles real quick. Get your phone in your hand, your Bible in your hand. Go with me to uh, the book of Philippians. Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2, verse 12. Um, uh, Pastor Joshua told me you guys are going to start. Uh, get ready to start walking through the book of Philippians here pretty soon, and so I get to kind of jump in to what you guys are going to be doing, and I get to skip over and kind of jump in the middle. But don't worry, uh, you guys are going to get the whole book. Uh, I think in this semester, Amen. All right, if you got to say man, if you don't say, hold up, hold up, bro. All right, then take your time. Take your time. Philippians chapter two, verses twelve through. Eighteen is what I want to read until you're hearing. It says this in my Bible, the CSB. I'm reading from the CSB translation. It says, therefore, my dear friends, just as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but even more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work according to his good purpose. Do everything without grumbling and arguing so that you may be blameless and pure children of God who are faultless in a or in the midst of a crooked and perverted generation. Among whom you shine like stars in the world by holding firm to the word of life. Paul says, then I can boast in the day of Christ that I didn't run or labor for nothing. But even if I am being poured out as a drink offering on the sacrificial service of your faith, I am glad and rejoice with you all. In the same way, you should also be glad and rejoice with me. I want to preach today with the Lord's helping in your prayers for just a few minutes. I want to preach and encourage you guys uh, to do this one thing, to cultivate your faith. Do me a favor, look at somebody and say, neighbor. You have to cultivate your faith you got to cultivate your faith. you got to cultivate your faith. Y'all bow real quick. Y'all repeat after me. Let's pray together. Repeat after me. Say, speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Speak that my soul may hear. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Calm every doubt and fear. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Purge me of every sin. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. Help me the lost to win. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. It is no longer mine. mine. Speak to my heart, Lord Jesus. I would wholly be thine. Say, speak to my heart. Speak to my heart. Speak to my heart, heart, I pray. Yield it and steal. Seeking Seeking thy will. Speak speak to my heart today. Let all the believers together say amen. 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 Cultivate um, your faith. Y'all, I was out in my yard a couple of months ago, and I was finally pulling up some weeds from my front yard. It was long overdue. It was so much long overdue that I was putting in some real work, some real manual labor, trying to pull up the weeds from my front yard when one of my neighbors walked by, and she said, hmm, that sure looks like some hard work. I looked at her, and I said, yep, it sure is, and it's long overdue. She said, yeah, well, the things we don't want to grow often grow faster than the things that we do. She ended it by saying weeds grow faster than flowers. Y'all, I'm a preacher, so immediately my mind went into a tailspin thinking about how good what she said really was. And I realized that what she said was absolutely true, that the things we don't want to grow often grow faster than the things that we do, and they grow with no effort. But the things that we do want to grow require us putting in a large amount of effort. I want to tell y'all today, in case you didn't know this, and this is an important thing for you to grab hold to, especially in this season of your life, is that nothing healthy consistently grows that isn't constantly cultivated. I'm preaching already. Y'all ain't saying amen. Here it is. I want you to know nothing healthy will consistently grow in your life that is not constantly cultivated. And brothers and sisters, that's not just true when we're talking about flowers and weeds, but it is especially true when we are talking about our faith life, our journey in walking with Jesus. Brothers and sisters, Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 through 18, actually really ultimately share with us this one simple truth, which is that as the called out people of God, we are called to continuously cultivate our lives to look more like Jesus. That's the whole sermon right there. If y'all would have said amen, I would let y'all go early and y'all could have got on the lunch. But here it is. I'm telling you, as a follower of Jesus, you are called to continuously cultivate your life to look more like Jesus. And that's a good word because so many people put their faith in Jesus and believe that that's the end of the journey. They think that they've arrived and they have gotten everything that they need. But the reality is, brothers and sisters, that you and I have to continuously cultivate our lives to look more like Jesus. We have to continuously press into God to know more about who he is and to grow in trusting him all the more. I I'm telling you that you may cultivate a lot of things in your life. You may cultivate your mind as you are here at school. You may cultivate and curate your friendships and your relationships. But in all of that, don't forget to cultivate your faith. I'm here to tell y'all, brothers and sisters, I know y'all are at North Central. And I know y'all come to chapel every day. And I know y'all are learning about ministry things. And it's wonderful for you to learn ministry. But it is a bad thing, brothers and sisters, for you to learn ministry. But to forget that you are a follower of Jesus first. I love telling our staff that, that I'm a follower of Jesus first. I'm a leader for Jesus secondly. And, brothers and sisters, that's an important lesson for you all to grab onto, but so that you will continuously press into Jesus more and more. Not so that you can minister well, but so that you can know God more. Amen. You've got to constantly cultivate. Your faith. This is what Paul is ultimately going to teach us or, or really pressing to us, brothers and sisters, in Philippians chapter 2, verse 12 through 18. I don't have a lot of time. I'll give you all a quick overview. Y'all, the book of Philippians is actually a thank you letter from Paul back to the church of Philippi. If you don't know that, it's a thank you letter from Paul back to the church of Philippi because Paul is sitting in a Roman jail cell in the church of Philippi. They uh, sent him some financial resources. They sent him some money because back then you had to pay for your own self to be in jail in this Roman culture. So they put some money on Paul's book. Is what happened. If y'all don't know what that means, y'all find a friend or a cousin or somebody y'all know that's been to prison. And ask them, what does it mean to put money on their books? That's what the church of Philippi did, though, for Paul. They put some money on his books. And so the entire book of Philippians is Paul writing a thank you letter back to the church of Philippi. And he's also taking this moment to give some pastoral encouragements, to encourage them toward unity and to encourage them to walk together in love. And after Paul does all of this in some of the earliest verses, he takes a moment here in chapter two to encourage them to remember to cultivate their faith. Um, y'all watch this real quick. Paul says, therefore, my dear friend, just as you have always obeyed, so now not only in my presence, but even more in my absence. <laughs> Do so even now as well. Um, I like this. This is important because Paul is speaking to a church that he has helped plant, to people that he has helped to pastor. And he acknowledges to them that they have done a great job of hearing the word of God and submitting to the word of God and cultivating their faith. He says, you guys have done wonderful. You've obeyed in my presence. But now he says, I want you to also do it in my absence. Yeah, now, this is important because what Paul is saying is, he's saying y'all did a wonderful job of following Jesus and obeying and cultivating your faith when you had a spiritual leader around you looking over your shoulder. But I want you to do it when you don't have somebody looking over your shoulder all the time. I want you to learn how to cultivate your faith when there's not a spiritual leader. And y'all, that's a great word for y'all today. Because y'all are in a season where you don't have people looking over your shoulder anymore. You don't have perhaps a pastor or a small group leader. You don't have mom or dad, no those people who are encouraging you and reminding you to do a devotion or reminding you to get to chapel or reminding you to submit yourself to God more and more and more. At this point, brothers and sisters, you have to remember that it's your responsibility to cultivate your faith. Come on, look at somebody and say, I'm owning my own faith. Show responsibility to own your own faith and cultivate your faith. This is Paul's encouragement to them. He says, as much as you have done it in my presence, I also want you to do it in my absence. And then he hits them with this line. And this is the imperative command of the entire text. He says, work out your own salvation. Now, I got to push you on this because what Paul is not saying is work for your salvation. Okay, we are not saved by anything you can do. This is why Paul is going to say in Ephesians, that we are saved by grace. Through faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, not of our own works, lest any one of us try to boast or get the big head. So Paul is not suggesting that you can do anything to earn your salvation. And if I had time, I'd stop and say, that's good news, (laughs) y'all, that earning my way into heaven isn't up to me. That there's nothing I can do to work my way into God's good love. Because, and, and that's good news because if there's nothing I can do to work my way into God's love, then there's nothing I can do to work my way out of it. I wish I had some folks in here that could talk back to me. There's nothing I can do to work my way out of God's love I'm not saved because of anything I do I'm saved because of the grace and the mercy of the Lord Jesus Christ That Christ went to an old rugged cross, shed his blood for me Died, was put in a barrow tomb, but rose on a third day Y'all, that's why I'm saved It's not me not by, my, not by that. It's nothing I've done. I can't work for my salvation, but Paul does tell me to work out my salvation. Um, I'm, I'm not saved by my works, but watch this. I should work to show that I've been saved. Um, it's, it's, I'm, not, I'm, I'm not saved by my works, but I should work to show that I've been saved. That word salvation that Paul uses, he actually uses it in the original Greek in the perfect tense. It's this idea that I've been saved, but I'm being saved. And then one day I shall be saved. Uh, uh, okay. Um, been saved at the point I say yes to Jesus, that the Holy Spirit indwells in my life. I have the assurance of salvation. Being saved, that is that great theological term, sanctification. Meaning that every single day the Holy Spirit is doing the work inside of me and turning my heart to look more like Jesus. Then one day I shall be saved the day that I stand in front of him, clothed in righteousness Spotless and blameless before the Lord, I shall be saved. But what Paul is talking about is that middle portion that I'm being saved, that God is sanctifying me. And so here it is, brothers and sisters. He says, work out your own salvation, meaning you have to participate in the sanctifying work that God is doing in your life. It's the point where divine sovereignty and human responsibility meet, where God is doing a work in me, but I have a role to play in the work that God is doing. Does that make sense in here? Yeah. I got to work out my own salvation. I got to let God do a work inside of me. I've got to remember that it's my responsibility to actively cultivate my faith. And so when you leave here today, that's your homework or something. I know y'all came to chapel and you didn't think you was leaving with homework, but y'all, here you go. When you leave here today, your homework is to actively cultivate your life to look more like Christ. How do I do that? I got a few minutes. I'm going to give y'all a few things. I'm going to let y'all go to lunch. Is that cool? You got to actively cultivate your life to look more like Christ. Here it is. So if I'm going to actively cultivate my life to look more like Christ, first of all, it requires me having total dependency on God. That's weird because I just told you it's something you have a responsibility to play a role in. But Paul says in the very next verses, it requires total dependency on God. So watch what he says here real quick. He says, um, it, it, it's, for it is God who is working in you both to will and to work according to his good purposes. Um, I like this because what Paul is suggesting to us is that when it comes to us being sanctified, it comes to us cultivating our faith, it's really God that's putting in a lot of the work. It's God who is working. That word working that Paul uses there in the original Greek, it's the word energia. It's where we get our English word from, energy. And what Paul is saying is it is God who is giving you the energy to will and to work. Now, let me break this down for you real quick. He says to will, that is to desire. That means that Paul is saying it's God who's even giving you the energy and the desire to want to look more like Jesus. Uh, that's good, y'all, because that means that that craving I have to be more like God is not something I just have naturally. It's something that God is actually giving to me. Now, I got to tell you, that's countercultural, because in our culture, we want to say that you are inherently good and that you just naturally want to do the good, the good and right thing. But I got to tell you, that's actually antithetical to the gospel. Because the gospel says that because of the original sin or original fall, we have a sin nature that bends toward disobeying God. That naturally we bend toward doing the things that don't want to glorify God or bend toward trying to do things that are wrong. Y'all naturally, our nature bends that way. Um, this is why I love to tell people this is why you ain't never got to teach a baby how to lie. That children from the jump, when they're afraid, when they're fearful, you don't have to teach them how to do wrong. You never had to teach a kid how to be selfish because our very nature, our natural nature bends toward doing that which uh, does not honor God. But the good news is that when the Holy Spirit lives inside of you and God gets a hold of you, he takes what bends toward sins and straightens it back toward God. And so what is happening in my life is not me that is craving to be more like God, but it's the Holy Spirit living inside of me that's making me want to love people that I don't even like sometimes. It's the Holy Spirit living inside of me that's keeping me from giving in to my flesh. It's the Holy Spirit that's, that's pressing in me the desire to get up on a Monday morning and get to chapel to worship God. It's not me, but it's God's energy working through me to will to glorify him. But here's the good news. He's that energy. is not just willing us. It's also doing us giving us the work to do it as well. Uh, he both wills and works, so meaning it's not just God giving me the desire, but it's also that God gives me the means to do it his way as well. God is not only the reason you want to glorify him, but he's also the reason why you can glorify him. Um, it means watch this. He's not just my will, but he's also my way, which means watch this, that every time I seek to glorify God, it's not just me. It's not me. It's the God inside of me. And it's God giving me the energy to will and to work. Here it is. So if I'm going to glorify God, it requires me having total dependency on him. Recognize it is not me, but it's God working through me. I'm going to cultivate my faith. But here it is. Second thing, if you're going to cultivate your faith, it also requires you watch this. Not just uh, having total dependency, but also living distinctively from the rest of the world cultivating my faith requires me living distinctively for the rest of the world. Oh, my time is gone. I got to rush across the field to tell y'all. Here it is. You got to live distinctively from the rest of the world. Paul says you are called to shine like stars in the skies in the midst of a perverted generation. And what Paul specifically says, is he's, he says, don't do anything um, or don't grumble and don't be arguing with one another. Here it is. Cut across the field. Paul says one of the greatest markers that makes the church distinct from the rest of the world is that we should walk together in unity. So cultivating my faith means curating uh, healthy relationships with people in Christian community. Does that make sense? Watch this. That means that cultivating my faith isn't an individual assignment. It's a group project. And that's a big one because we all oftentimes focus so much on being individuals that we forget that our faith is actually a communal one. That you were never designed to do life alone. And in fact, you are designed to work out your salvation in the context of Christian community. All right. I got to have total dependency on God. I've got to uh, live distinct from the world. Here's the third thing. Watch this. I've got to have an unwavering devotion to the word of God. Note what he says. He says, work out your salvation. He says, uh, uh, act blameless in the midst of a perverted generation. How do I do this? By holding firm to the word of God. Uh, Now, this is a big one, because we live in a day where people want Jesus apart from what Jesus has said. We want God apart from God's word. But Paul says, if you're going to cultivate your faith, a huge part of that is I've got to have an unwavering devotion to the word of God. And that's big, y'all, especially amongst this generation. I get it, y'all, because people want to throw the Bible away, but you cannot throw away God's word and then say, but I want to keep God. And if I had time, I'd tell y'all real quick that the irony of that in this generation is that so many times we want to keep the parts of the word that we like and throw away the parts that we don't. We like it when, Jesus, when God says, I shall supply all your needs. But we don't like it when he tells, when God calls us and reminds us that all of our righteousness is as filthy rags. We want to keep the parts that we don't like and throw away, uh, or, uh, throw away the parts we don't like and keep the parts that we do like. But the Bible says, brother and sister, if you're going to cultivate your faith, it requires an unwavering devotion to the word. Because the good news about the word is Hebrews is going to tell us that the word of God is living and active. That God is speaking through the word. They aren't just words put on a page thousands of years ago, but God, even right now, the Holy Spirit is working and moving it through the word of God. I love to tell people this. The great thing about the scripture is that as I'm reading it, it's reading me. That as I'm reading it, y'all, it's reading my life and reminding me not just about my failures and my flaws, but reminding me about the greatness of our God, about the depths of his love, about the extent of his mercy. And I wish I had some people in here that could testify. I thank God for his mercy and his love and his grace in my life. (laughs) I've got to have an unwavering devotion to the word of God if I'm going to cultivate my faith. Here it is. Watch it. You need to do devotion consistently. You need to submit yourself to hearing the word of God preached consistently. You need to listen to the word of God consistently. You cannot cultivate a faith apart from God's word. Let me get this last thing. No, here it is. I'm going to cultivate my faith I've got to have total dependency on God. If I'm going to cultivate my faith. I've got to live distinctively from the world. If I'm going to cultivate my faith, I have to have an unwavering devotion to the word. Here's the last thing. If I'm going to cultivate my faith, I've got to do so by anticipating the day that Jesus returns. Here it is. Watch this. Y'all do know he's coming back again. We don't talk about this a lot for some reason in, in churches, it seems like anymore, but this is not it. Where we are right now is not the end. Earth is not all that there is, but God is in fact coming back one day again. And on that day, brothers and sisters, Paul says he wants to be able to stand before Christ and know that his labor was not in vain because the people that he ministered to consistently cultivated their faith. And brothers and sisters, I want you to have that same testimony that on the day we stand before Jesus, God will let us in not because of anything we've done, only because of the righteousness of Jesus. But I want you to have the testimony that every day I was drawing closer to God. Every single day I was letting the Holy Spirit do a work inside of me. So that we can have that testimony of that great hymn, How Great Thou Art. There's that line in that third stanza that says, When Christ shall come with shout of acclamation and take me home, what joy shall fill my heart. Then I shall bow in humble adoration and then proclaim how great thou art. I want your heart to be filled with joy that day that Jesus returns. (laughs) I want you to be able to bow in humble adoration, trusting in the righteousness of Jesus alone and with a sense of gratitude. That throughout the course of your life, you cultivated your faith. Now, here it is. Y'all, come on. Y'all stand up for me real quick. Listen, brothers and sisters, you got to cultivate your faith. It's your responsibility. It requires you leaning and depending on God. It requires you having unwavering devotion to the world. It requires you knowing you're going to be different from the rest of the world as you cultivate it. And in fact, the more that you cultivate it, the more distant and distinct you're going to feel from everybody else who doesn't follow Jesus. But here's what pushes you to never give up on cultivating it. Jesus is coming back. Let me tell you something. I believe that with every bone in my body. That Jesus is and he's coming back again. And I don't want you to labor in vain. I don't want my labor to be in vain. I want you to commit to cultivating your faith. Now this is important, because here it is, on this faith journey, sometimes the fire begins to burn low. Some of y'all have been perhaps been walking with Jesus for a little while, and you're like, yeah, it was exciting and I was passionate about it at one point in my life, but now it's like, oh, I'm just kind of getting weary. Well, here it is, brothers and sisters, you got to keep cultivating it. Nothing consistently grows that's not constantly cultivated. Maybe this is why Paul told Timothy to fan the flame of the gift that was inside of him. If y'all have ever built a fire, if you don't tend to the fire, the fire will go out. I want to tell you, if you don't tend to your faith, your faith, the fire of your faith will begin to burn low. You got to cultivate your faith. Every single day. Listen, I know you're here learning about ministry and learning about business and learning about all those things like that. But what I never want you to forget is to cultivate your walk with Jesus. Amen. Come on, let me pray for you real quick. I know y'all got to go. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for what our eyes have seen and what our ears have heard. We thank you for the word of God, which is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. God, I pray for somebody in here today whose fire is beginning to burn low. Father, Would you help them to fan the flame? Would you pour gasoline, Father, on the fire right now so that it may explode and burn inside of them, Lord? I pray that, Lord, you would help that person today to remember their responsibility to commit themselves to growing in their walk with you. God, we pray your rebuke against Satan, who we know is not happy about this campus and these students who are calling on the name of Jesus and who are sitting in this chapel, Lord, and who are hearing the word of God. I pray your rebuke against the enemy who will try to convince people that you don't love them or try to convince them that you're not for them. I pray in the name of Jesus, you would cover and keep us. I pray that you would sanctify us every single day. That we would yield to your Holy Spirit more and more. Until that day when you shall return. where we shall bow in humble adoration and declare how great thou art. Lord, we love you today. I pray for my brother and my sister who needs a fresh impartation in this moment. In the name of Jesus, I pray, Lord, for a fresh wind, a fresh fire in their faith today. God, I pray that whatever may have them bound, that it may be broken today, God. And that today they may leave re- reinvigorated, re-energized, God. They may go do your work. I ask it in the sufficient name of Jesus, we pray. And all of us together say amen. Amen. Do me a favor, give God a shout of praise today.